From our creative studios here in Northern California, you are listening to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, and I am your host, Sonia Paz. Welcome to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, the podcast to inspire you and bring the kickstart you need to crush it in the art industry. We'll bring you creative insights, inspiring interviews, valuable resources, and art marketing, along with decades of experience to provide you the strategic approach to unleash your creative talents and rock your inner entrepreneur. Now, your creatively energetic host, Sonia Paz. Are you a creative person, an artist, someone who delves in a creative profession and you need advice and you just don't know where to look and you don't know where to start? Then look no further or I should say listen no further because you have tuned in to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast. We are a podcast hosted and created by me, Sonia Paz, and I am here because I have tons of experience, years of owning galleries and the know-how and expertise to help you rock it in the art industry. I am excited that you've tuned in today. This is episode 74, and I have a treat for you. Long-time friend and fellow artist, Natasha Westcote is on the show today, and we are going to rock it here together. If this is one of the first episodes that you've heard here on the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, I encourage you to go back and start from episode one. In fact, all of our episodes are segmented into different categories, so essentially you could go in and listen to any of our podcasts in any order that you like. Before we get started, I want to acknowledge some of my fellow podcasters. Some of these individuals have been podcasting for a while, and some of them are new. Please be sure to tune in to their podcast. Most of them can be will be on iTunes, but several of them also have websites that you can listen to their podcast right from their website. And of course, if you find a podcast that you like, support their show and subscribe. I want to give a shout out to my friend Tina Dean Coddington, who's I've who have known for several years. She's local. She's here in Northern California in the Los Gatos area. And she has a podcast called the Healing Business Podcast, where she interviews with successful holistic practitioners on the habits the mindset and stories of their thriving businesses. Check her out. She's also on iTunes. My other talented friend here in Northern California, Esther Ludlow, is the host and creator of Once Upon a Crime. True crime stories told like you have never heard them before. Esther is an amazing storyteller, and not only does she tell the story, but to prepare for the stories, she does lots of research finds information, and some trivia based on some of the crimes that she talks about. Check her out. She is on iTunes. It's called Once Upon a Crime, and I would love it if you could support and subscribe to her show. Now, recently, I've joined some really great Facebook groups that are podcast-related and supportive. There's tons of different ones, but one that I was invited to shortly after I had returned from Podcast Movement 2017 is from host and creator Jennifer Todd of the Women Transcend podcast. And she's got an amazing podcast that she does on a weekly basis and touches on different types of subjects regarding women. And Women Transcend investigates issues facing women and girls worldwide and highlights on how incredible women and girls are overcoming them in amazing ways. Check her podcast out. She is also on iTunes and you can reach her at Women 
Transcend Podcast. And of course, I want to give a shout out to some of my other favorite podcasts that I listen to that I've recently been connected with. Secret of Life Weddings with Lisa and Rebecca. I was actually on their show last week talking about crazy things that happen with weddings. And back in the day when I was a florist, I had my share of crazy wedding stories. So I was on their show to share some of those crazy stories with them, have some laughs and really connect and get to know them better. You can find them on Facebook as well under Secret Life of Weddings, and they are on iTunes, so do check them out. They are crazy funny. I would suggest getting a glass of wine, sit back, relax, and listen to these gals. It's hilarious. And of course, last but not least today, I have my friend Carrie Hummingbird of the Soul Nectar podcast. She and I go way back to when we used to do the art and wine festivals together back in, I think, 2002, 2003, and we've kept in touch. She doesn't live near me anymore, but she and I have connected, and she's got a great podcast and invited me to be a guest on her show a number of months ago. Check her out on iTunes, and Carrie's podcast focuses on spiritual discussions, thought-provoking topics, and a lot of miraculous stories of people who have been touched by the sacred. She has um, spiritual thought leaders, healers, authors, mentors, and so many other varieties of people who give back in so many ways. So if you have a chance, check out her podcast. She's on iTunes, and you can also find her on Facebook. So big thanks to everybody out there who's not only supported me, has supported the show, has been listening in, and keep our show going. Now, without any further ado, I would like to introduce to you my good friend and fellow artist, Natasha Westcote, to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast. I am more than excited to have on the show today, Natasha Westcote, fabulous artist, fabulous social networker. And she has been published. So welcome, Natasha, on the show for Rockstar Mentor today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me on here. I love the show. Oh, thank you. That's an honor. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know that um, we have known each other for a long time. And you were even in my neck of the woods when I had the gallery a number of years ago. But you weren't able to make it up to Northern California. But um yeah, but I did have the honor of meeting you personally in 2006 in Las Vegas for Art Expo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's like, that's almost like over a decade ago now. <laughs> I know. It does not seem like that at all. And um, was that your first Art Expo that you've done? It, it was. It was like my first Art Expo. Uh, art expo it was my first art show really like real big time kind of um exhibition it was quite a task to go there and I just took the leap and went out there for that and that, I know that we had also before that um met through EBSQ and like those early like eBay art days oh my god those were <laughs> I'm those were the best days ever I mean I, they really were you know I mean <laughs> Because I think EBSQ, which was founded by John Seed, really, really pioneered selling, you know, outsider art or uh, self-represented artists to be selling their work on eBay. And that was one of the first platforms to sell our artwork. Right. And we had met through EBSQ, which 
is a long explanation on how that name has evolved, <laughs> but it was a keyword thing that when you sold your art, you'd put on there what your description was. For instance, mine would be Sonia Paz, Outsider Art, Pop, EBSQ. So it started this whole keyword thing. And I think that's how we ended up getting to know a lot of the people in the group. And uh, that was that was that was a really cool movement at the time. And I, gosh, I I started doing that, and I did really, really, really well on eBay for a long, long time. Oh gosh, yeah, it was a really good market then for that. I was doing really well too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you were selling on there, you were doing your infamous trees, if I recall. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So tell us, tell for for the listeners who haven't, who aren't familiar with EBSQ and the whole, you know, what we had done. Tell everyone a bit about how you ended up on selling on eBay and tell us a bit about your fantastic, famous trees, which I love. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So I started selling my work through eBay just kind of as an experiment. I had already, you know, been involved in art quite a bit um, in my life since I was a child. And around like a year later, I started really kind of like expanding beyond um, the modern art that I was doing. And um, I was inspired by one of my favorite masters, Gustav Klimt, um, when I started my tree series. And it did really well. I mean, mo- most everything at the time was doing such a good job online. Um, I built my collector base quite fast. Um, but the, you know, the whole social media world was pretty fresh. MySpace was the place to be at the time. There wasn't really anything else going on. Maybe blogs were starting to really, um, blossom. And I, I started a live journal, um, back when live journal was the place to blog. And, um, I know, God. Yeah. And, and the youth <laughs> of today is going, MySpace, isn't that some sort of historical site? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be part of internet history now. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. So when you were blogging, were you blogging about your life as an artist or um, for artists or to collectors or both? I kind of was trying, but at the time, you know, I was really, really, really young. um, So I wasn't like the greatest writer. It was really a learning process for me, probably for everyone, really. But writing in general was like... Not my greatest suit. So um, I was just kind of learning along the way. I'd, I'd talk about my work process. I'd talk about my life. Um, I'd try to be a little more personal. I think people were really interested even then kind of being like a voyeur into your life. And so I kind of approached it in that way. And it did, it did really well. I, I grew a really big following. I continued blogging for like the next, gosh like 10, maybe 10, five, 10 years. And that was, that used to be my main place to uh, sell my work. So, but aside from, I mean, you did that and you did it so successfully. And I remember calling you, oh gosh, 14 years ago or something. And cause you were mm-hmm. out there on video and I have had such a fear of not only hearing myself on audio, but to see myself on video and you were doing it and you were at South by Southwest and you were doing all different kinds of social media and video stuff. So how did you break through with doing that? <laughs> so it's a funny thing. <laughs> just do it. Uh, oh my gosh. I mean, I, I, I naturally was a risk taker, so I didn't have a whole lot to lose. I, 
I didn't have a whole lot to invest monetarily and I didn't have a lot of connections. So my only source of building my career was online. So when I, before even YouTube came out, I saw that people were starting to record video from their cameras. Back then we had two megapixel cameras and (laughs) video was just becoming like part of that. And gosh, I can't even remember what the heck I recorded with, but I started recording these videos and you would upload them to the internet archives. It's like this site, it's like a library of any digital content and they allowed you to upload your videos. And then I would post them onto back then it was blogger. Um, yeah. And, and then YouTube came along literally a year after. And I remember the blogger movement, the vlogger movement is what they actually, they still called it that then, um, was like all about, this is, you know, a huge movement We're we're uncensored. We can say what we want. We can speak the truth. And so it was like a big deal. And so I really was like, um, fascinated by that. And so I thought, how could I share my art that way? And I started to create video and I would put it in my eBay auction listings sometimes. Um, I wasn't entirely sure if that was able to load for some people's, um, internet back then, but, uh, I just, just was fascinated by, um, the growth of social media. And I love to, I guess, I guess they would call me an early adopter. I would adopt these different sites. I started getting on Twitter, uh, back in 2006 or 2007, just after it started, uh, I jumped on a bunch of other ones that don't exist anymore. And I just kind of like grew from there. And, and I decided that I was going to at this place, this time in my life where I had the opportunity to work with a company Ford, they gave me this car and I got to, um, you know, create these videos around it and market it and travel. So I used that opportunity and the free gas card they gave me. That's cool. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was amazing. I could, I, I could go anywhere I wanted as long as, you know, I, I made it an opportunity to promote it. But I decided that I would do this experiment where I would try to meet every single person that I had become friends with online and kind of see how that uh, would blossom. And I I still have lifelong friends to this day who I've met through Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. It's just wild um, how that worked out for me. And it actually as well helped my art career. I had a lot of really cool projects that I got to work on and I worked with different startups and networking and had a lot of art sales through it too, just kind of like the frosting on the cake. So So did you just pack up? art supplies will travel and just went and did it. I literally did. Yes. I literally would paint on the road or when I would stop at a friend's house um, and they would let me paint. I literally one time um, I was with uh, Sarah Austin. She's um, you probably know of her or I've heard of her uh, through the grapevine over there. Cause she lives in that area. I think still oh, um, yeah. she used to do a uh, top 17 Um, and I went to one of, she was filming at the time and I went to go see her and they let me paint in the offices on the floor because I had to make a deadline. (laughs) Yeah. So I've done some really silly things just to be able to keep doing my art while on the road, but it it worked out really nice. It was a very neat experience. That's pretty cool. You know, and (laughs) that's the beauty of art is you can, you know, whatever it is that you do, you can just. The smallest little case, even a pencil and a piece of paper will keep keep me at bay sometimes if I just if I have the urge. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I don't need the whole studio. And and I think that's great that you can just do that and have just 
just taken the risk and jumped in with two feet first. Oh, yeah. Now, you, um, because you have painted and were so prolific, you had gotten published. And, I did. And you, you're published through a number of different companies. And was that in result of just the whole networking or tell our listeners how that, how that came to be? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So um, originally I did a lot of things on my own very independently as far as art licensing goes. Um, and that actually helped me get um, different deals with um, publishers here and there for my art. But as far as like um, publishing my own books, I've always self-published. I've had a lot of success doing that. And right. I always recommend that artists do that because you you still have full control of your work and anything that you've produced from that. I've, I've just had not very good experiences with agents and representatives who wanted to, to represent me. It just, it was always better on my own. And I still think to this day that artists can totally um, make a very good living without having to have someone um, marketing for them and, and putting them out there. Right. And telling you what to do. I, right. I get it. That's why, <laughs> I mean, when we went to art, the reason it's funny, because when we went to Art Expo 2004, which was in um, New York City at the Javits, one of the things, that was my first year there. And one of the things that I remember is that people here have products. Mm-hmm. And we got approached by, oh, goodness, I'm going to say two dozen publishers They want to make products. They want to have Mm -hmm. doormats. I can do keychains. We can get you into hotels. You know, and the lesson I learned from that was, wow, if all of these companies want to represent me, that means that they see something in it. And well, shoot, if they can do it, I can do it because I'm pretty ruthless in the way I market. And I have a digital imaging background. So that was an easy thing for me. And we ended up creating my own product line. And um, at one point, I was also doing posters through a company locally that um, said, you know, we'll have you in all these different stores, the gallery and Marshalls, and not Marshalls, um, Bed Bath & Beyond and everything else. And it ended up not turning, not, not turning into the, to the uh, vision that they had painted. So um, I do like to tell artists that they can do a lot of things themselves and you know you're right self-publishing especially a book and something that people can take and really you know reference and have hanging in their home is is really awesome and you get a larger percentage of the profits than just four or five (laughs) percent oh my gosh yes you know (laughs) oh man yeah you know, and having to create, you know, hey, Sonia, we want, you know, this many coffee pieces, this many wine pieces, this many florals, and you paint them up and you're hitting deadlines and they're not even in that season's portfolio for that poster company. So a lot of, um, you know, a lot of running around and, and having to really accommodate some of the requests that didn't end up being. And, and I'm not saying that all, not every publisher or every company does that, but it's definitely different now and it's more supply and demand and print on demand and that type of thing oh yeah uh, i've said this to artists before um i i really recommend they be careful about who 
represents them, especially when it comes to art licensing, because there are a lot of opportunities art out there. Um, there may be people who really genuinely care about your work and want to and keep the integrity of your art and and connect you with the right people. But there are a whole lot. And right now, I personally am actually um, dealing with a particular deal I took a couple years back that ended up being uh, where they want me to work commercially. And while that's not necessarily uh bad you know some artists that's like their career and they want to be that kind of commercial artist that's like i'm gonna create this work and hopefully it gets picked for for this line or that but most of us you know we're we're working on something where we want officially licensed merchandise and it's just not a really good fit and so they really need to be careful who they work with and what they require right and i know that you and i have done this enough to where we can we research and we, you know, I don't want to say sniff out, but pretty much <laughs> research and find out, you know, which companies are have been around a while that they know what they're doing. But on that same note is they know what they're doing and sometimes they do take advantage of artists. And that, mm-hmm. just, that just kills me. And I don't want to sound like a stereotypical, you know, I'm not a naysayer, but I <laughs> just, you know, what happens a lot of the time is that people say, hey, I got published. And then you see them. You know, a few months later, hey, how's the publishing deal going? Yeah, that didn't work <laughs> out. And, you know, I didn't get paid or they didn't return my art or the product didn't come out like I thought it would, you know. And mm-hmm. then, unfortunately, that does happen. But Oh, yes. I, I've made those mistakes. I can't tell you how many times even, you know, years later into my career. Um, and sometimes you, you just can't tell until you get involved with them, which really sucks. Um, right. But... Uh, like there's a company in particular, I won't name names, uh, but they have pitched to several artists for what seemed to be a really nice high-end line with their art featured and it ended up being, they had to do a huge amount of marketing on their own, um, that they weren't actually necessarily going to put it online and had to have a certain amount manufactured. There had to be a demand. It was crazy. Like the amount, and then they would actually email you the same emails as if they never talked to you before. So they weren't paying attention. They were just literally sending out blanket (laughs) emails. I was like, ew, this is so gross. (laughs) Like this is not the kind of company. It just a huge turnoff, you know, It's, it's scary. Sometimes they really appear professional and you can't tell, especially if you're a new artist, it's so tricky navigating that, but you have to be so like, like you were saying, it may seem kind of like, not shady, but like, it's really kind of cutthroat be very business oriented if you want to be successful and watch out for that stuff and really investigate and sniff them out on your own, um, rather than depending on just kind of like what everyone's saying or whatever, you know, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I've even, I, I had, when we were at Art Expo, there was one licensing company and this, this couple people were hovering over to the side and waiting for these, for me to finish up a conversation. And this guy comes over and he says, yeah, you don't want to work with them and starts saying all this (laughs) cruddy stuff. And I thought, well, actually I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to work with you because you're kind of. It's a little schmarmy fest or something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I remember that. I saw a couple of those. Yeah. It might have been the same one. I I saw this huge one that was there, and it looked pretty shady, but. No. But, but yeah, the Art Expo in Vegas, that was, um, it was different flavor from the the one in New York City. Mm. And it, um, you know, I went, you know, I went to the one show, 
and in 2004 in Vegas, I mean, in New York City, and everyone kept telling me, oh, well, just go walk the show first and then and then think about if you want to exhibit there the following year. But I'm just like you. I just thought, well, <laughs> if I'm going to take the time to go there and spend the money, I might as well go and take my stuff and showcase my work. And mm-hmm. that ended up being, you know, it all it, it's networking and it's yeah. constant, you, you know, for people for the people that said, hey, you know, I booked three deals and I'm going to be in five different galleries. Well, that's awesome. But the relationship building that you make from these shows, I think it has to, you know, has to foster this, this relationship building. And um, I ended up with a couple of galleries there that we still exhibit with to this day. And it's been 13 years. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. It, it's really an important, if you're going to invest a lot of money in those, those expos were are so expensive. I can't oh believe what I paid for just my tiny little spot. Yeah. Um, and if, and I was not, I was not prepared. I spent half my career already at that time, at that point, completely online and like in my own little bubble. And I was not ready at all to sell myself. And it really would have been more successful if I had put myself more out there and been more open and, and talk to more people. I just was so like out of my element completely. <laughs> kind yeah. of shocked. So yeah, it took a couple of years. If I if I had gone back to that at the place I'm at now, it'd be totally different. But yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh it's it's a lot. And you know, you're dealing with not only the consumer, you know, the end user or the you know the customer, but you're dealing with art agents who, who throw a lingo at you on, you know, well, I, I'll represent you, but it's a 25, 25, 50. And what that oh, means yeah. for our listeners is, okay, you have a thousand dollar painting. This, this, um, it's going to wholesale for 500, 25 goes to you or 250 goes to you, 250 goes to the, to the agent. So, or to, you know, and there is, that is, that's the way it's done. And so the gallery mm-hmm. makes out, they get 500 of the thousand, but I'm going to walk away with $250 on a thousand dollar painting. And this, this guy, you know, <laughs> is going to get, you know, a percentage of that, a large percentage. And I just felt that there was a lot, I could, I could have gotten on the horn and gotten the deals, which I had myself. And, right. you know, so it's, and it's changed. And I think, I think for those people who have been in the art industry for 30 or 40 years, you know, um, marketing other people's art. And then here along comes the Internet. It's kind of put that whole that whole um, profession of the art dealer off yeah. on a back burner. <laughs> or, it really did. You know, but hey, I, I empower anyone doing self-representation and it's all good. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing now? Tell us what you're, what you're working on now. Oh yeah. So, um, I just finished, uh, a little boot camp with, uh, a group of artists. Every once in a while I will, um, put it in a workshop where I'll, I'll teach like the basics to artists who want to start out. Um, but more okay. recently I, I, yeah. And it, it was really great. Um, it actually was, I'd, I'd hate to say, but a lot more fun than my artist mentorship program, which is more of a like over the the year kind of a thing. Um, but I have been personally, I've been working on a lot of art shows focusing on uh, the fine art market now because I, I really don't have to um, sell online anymore 
um, like I did. I'm really able to just kind of enjoy my creative process again, but I've really been getting into uh, publishing as well. I've been working on coloring books and getting those out and they've been very, been doing very well. So I'm having a lot of fun with that. I know. I've seen those. I've seen the process online and it's, it's awesome. And uh, I love that it's just so free. And is it, it is freeing because you're basically laying the foundation of the concept of what people are going to be coloring and then they get to finish it. So that's pretty cool. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I never realized how inspiring it actually would be. I mean, I thought it would be really super cool to have a coloring book. My kids like are super proud to be able to share that kind of stuff with their friends and and they love that they get to color my work. But the fact that other people are kind of like participating in, in my art in this way was, I was, I was not expecting like how surreal and how fulfilling that would be. It's really super cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then how, I mean, how, how large are the, are the coloring books? Are they, how many pages and how are you getting them to different places? Are you selling them exclusively online? Um, well, right now I'm selling them exclusively online. I think if I had spent more time, um, on a local level, I probably could get them into stores and galleries, but I really don't have any interest in doing it. Um, they do pretty well online. So right now they're available through Amazon and, um, they also sell them through Barnes and Noble and other bookstores too, which is really neat. Um, but usually like my first one that I started with was about, I think it's 25 or 30 pages. I can't remember. Um, and That's I started huge. a Kickstarter. Oh my God. Yeah. That is huge. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. And when I, when I did it, I decided to do a, a Kickstarter to see what kind of interest I could get out of it. I really like using Kickstarter this way. Um, but I was not prepared for the level of interest. I, I didn't realize that Kickstarter in itself is its own job. (laughs) So when I promised like over a hundred people, um, custom drawings and, and coloring books and all this stuff, I didn't realize it would take me over a year to do that. But, um, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a large undertaking and I highly recommend anybody if you ever do Kickstarter, Get a friend to help you, please. <laughs> Are you get a friend to just help with managing the the Kickstarter portal or the dashboard and all that and the orders? That, that and the packaging and shipping. If you do it by yourself, it's going to take weeks. I, yeah. I I was not. I didn't realize just how serious and intense it was. But um, that gave me a good idea of what people liked, and from there, uh, my next coloring books were. The same amount of pages, but I actually, what I like to do with these ones is I created activity pages in it too, so they could add their own art to those ones. And I gave them a double page so they get like two of the same page that they can share with friends and stuff. So that people really like. That's pretty cool. Do you know, are people getting together in certain areas and um, meeting up? I mean, I've heard that people getting together, meeting up and having coloring, coloring (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh I haven't I haven't done that that's something I want to do in the future I think that'd be super fun I literally just heard about that too the other day I was reading something on that that is just a great idea yeah there's um some meetups in our area here of people who get together they have co- they meet at a coffee house or something and they doodle together and it's so funny because 
I doodle on everything. I got my knuckles <laughs> smacked with rulers in the in in Catholic school for doodling on everything. Oh my gosh, I used to do that in school too. I, I'd fall asleep if I didn't draw. I had to. I know. And, <laughs> and these nuns tell my mom not to diss on the nuns. Blah blah blah. But they would tell my mom, "What's wrong with Sonia? She's she you knows she's not supposed to do this to the homework." You know. <laughs> She doesn't sit still and she's not listening. Well, you know what? I think because I, you know, maybe a little bored or something, but (laughs) something was going on. And it's so funny because now I doodle and I create for a living. So, so there you go, sister, you know, (laughs) I don't want to be disrespectful, but with pen in hand, you, you gotta, you gotta go with the flow and just really pour it out there. And I applaud you. And I'm, I, totally admire everything that you've done. Um, I know that a few years ago I had called you and said, you know, I see you're online and how do you do it? And your, your response was, well, I just do it. And I said, I'm just so afraid of the camera. And you said basically, well, you do it a few times, you get over it. And I think for me, the beauty of Facebook live that for me is easy because I it's one take, Jake, you go up, mm-hmm. you say your thing, you know, you got to set up the keywords and all that. But for me to sit in an interview and be interviewed and watch myself, oh my God, painful. But Oh my gosh, yeah. But, but Facebook Live and even the podcast is so much more, is easier for me. And I think because I've, you know, gotten to the point where I, it's not about, how stupid I look or how animated I am when I'm talking, the arms are waving around and everything. It's the message. Yeah. You know? So, so speaking of message, what would be your message to artists today that want to get into doing more than just original art, you know, whether it's coloring books or publishing or posters or what have you, what, what would your steps or your advice be for them? Um, one, definitely, definitely, uh, do some research, take the time out to, I think one of the best ways to learn is just kind of looking at the examples of other artists. You know, that's, that's one of the things that I did when I started out because I didn't really know what was out there or what I could do or what the possibilities were just having that and being able to see examples of another artist's success and what they were doing was really helpful. Um, two, uh, really like sit down and write out like what your passions are. What do you want to do with your work? What do you want to create? Because really with the web and with the ability to create now, there are so many different platforms and venues online that give artists the chance to do it without huge investments, uh, just your time to just write it out and decide from there, you know, what you want to do. You can create your own merchandise. You can license your own work. You can publish your own books now, your own music even. I, I see a lot of musical artists out there doing it now, and they're very successful this way. And that's what I love about the Internet is it democratizes all of the art industries. It gives the power back to the artist, and that is that's amazing. It's so much more fun and so much so much more interesting. And the people that are that are interested are gonna who are gonna be interested in your work are out there. You just have to, you know, set aside the time to invest in yourself and invest in what you want to create um, in the future. And 
be willing to take those risks. You know, you're, you don't really have anything to lose, especially if <laughs> there's no huge monetary investment. It's just a matter of your time. Right. Um, yeah. So hope that helps. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I, I, I definitely agree. And you're right. It's, you know, so you spent a few hours trying to get a product up there, working on some development or a book or whatever, you know, and that's, that's the, the beauty of it. And you, you said the key word there was passion is just take the passion and, um, and go with it. And, and my advice, <laughs> my advice is <laughs> don't ask family and friends if you should do it, just do it. If it's something that you want to do, go for it. Because so many people say, well, you know, I kind of vetted my family and they just think it's silly. Well, oh, yeah. oh my God, don't ask family and friends. If I was to yes, ask family, well. family about stuff, you know, it'd be, I'd still be working and selling cars. No, I'm kidding. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> no, really. Me too. I had that experience. I, I made, you know, I just liked sharing with my family and I got a lot of like, okay. You know, even though I, I, it was so weird as a child, you know, my parents were supportive. They're like, Natasha, you do everything you want, anything you ever want to put your mind to do it. And then when I got older and I said, Hey, I'm going to do this. They were like, um, okay, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> kind of shrugged. And yeah. after, after I proved to them that it could be done now, that's all they want to talk about. So I think it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Don't listen to your friends and I family. I know. <laughs> Unless they're going to give you a big check to help you, then listen up a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, gosh, Natasha, this is so great. I am so glad we finally got to, that I finally got my interview um, uh, comfort level to a a point where I can feel really good about asking great questions and, and asking what your, you know, what your passions are and everything. I'm really excited that we got to have this chat. So tell our listeners how they can reach you. What is all your information? Yeah, sure. So um, you can find me on Instagram. Just look up Natasha Westcoat. It's a little tricky to spell. It's W E S C O A T. A T. I see my A is a little weird. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's also Natasha underscore Westcoat. That's a whole other story. A hacker stole my Twitter name. So um, that's for another day. <laughs> so oh, now no. it's that. Oh, gosh, it's a quite a story. I'll tell you right now. Um, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Um, Facebook.com forward slash Natasha Westcoat. Awesome. Oh, oh, on my website, westcoatfineart.com. Yeah, I was just going to say, and where's your website? <laughs> I always forget that. And you have a beautiful site too, by the way. It's, do you do that yourself? No, I use, uh, I use Squarespace now. I used to only be WordPress, but I got tired of, you know, editing all the time. So wow. I just went to Squarespace. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Love them. I'm a WordPresser, but. It really is. I love WordPress. I just, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a lot of maintenance, but, mm-hmm. um, but awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It was fun. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Did you know that you can get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com slash rockstar? Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from. 
that you can download onto your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And for you, the listeners of the Rockstar Mentor Podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to give you an opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash rockstar. Again, that is audibletrial.com slash rockstar for your free audiobook. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Rockstar Mentor Podcast today. I am your host, Sonia Paz, and I am thrilled to be able to offer you all of this great advice and experience that I have learned over the years in creating my own art business and developing products and getting my art out to the masses. Any support that you can provide for Rockstar Mentor Podcast, you can visit us at rockstarmentorpodcast.com. We have a variety of different platforms that our podcast is hosted on, such as iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. If you enjoy this podcast and you find value in it, please give us a review. It only takes a moment and it really helps us out on any of these platforms to let others know about our podcast. And of course, if you are an artist and you know other artists, please share this podcast with them. That way we can help other people manage and excel in this creative art industry. We also have a Patreon page where you can support the show as little as a couple dollars a month. A little bit does go a long way, especially when you are supporting a podcast like ours, where we are offering you great advice and freebie downloads. Sometimes it just helps with any of the logistical costs it takes just to host the show. All of the information for our show is listed on our website at rockstarmentor.com. We have everything from free downloads to you can listen to the podcast straight from the player on the podcast page. And of course, if you're not much of a listener and you're more of a reader, we do have great show notes in the blog section of the website. We also have a mastermind group that you can join in and sign up for via the website. This way, not only can you participate in some of the conversations, you can join in, give advice or ask questions and other artists will be there to help you out. If you'd like to know more about me and the artwork that I do, you can reach me at soniapaz.com. I have hundreds of products on my website from artwork that I've created that we have transformed into products. We want to help you do this too. Please do sign up on the website, get our VIP notifications and stick with us. Listen and do subscribe. You can reach me directly at mentor at rockstarmentor.com. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and look forward to talking to you soon. 